Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Listen in as we connect with other creative entrepreneurs and have real conversations about life, business, and everything in between. Owning a creative business doesn't have to be confusing or overwhelming, and you don't have to go at it alone. It's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Today's episode, Joyce and I will be chatting about what we would do differently if we were to go back in time and do business in our first year. Joyce and I have been doing our creative businesses for a few years now full time, and we absolutely love it. But if we had the opportunity to go back and kind of share and impart some wisdom, this is what we would say to our past selves. Before we dive in, I would love to ask you to leave us a review on iTunes. We so appreciate it when we hear from you guys and hear what you love, uh, what resonated with you, because we truly create this content for you, our listeners. If you don't have iTunes, you could always leave it on whatever platform you listen to, or just give us a little shout out on Instagram. You already know we hang out on Instagram all the time. So tag us at Modern Creative Podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Okay. Also starting this episode with a tangent, I love Back to the Future. Like, I love Back to the Future, young Michael J. Fox. Maybe I'm old because I'm in my 30s, but I just wanted to say I love that movie, that whole series. And if you also love Back to the Future, you're my people. Because I would love to actually do this. I would love to hop in a little car and go back and with the knowledge I have now and like go change things. I mean, I feel like we all would. It's that whole what if thing. But that's my end of tangent. Um, If Diana hasn't watched Back to the Future, don't worry, I'm going to make her. (laughs) But if I could go back to my first year of business, I really think that I would have started my email list sooner and I wouldn't rely on social media that much. It's like dun dun dun. So good. (laughs) (sighs) Um, Okay, so So having an email list is how I have passive income today right? Like I I don't call it strictly passive income. I say, I always say almost passive income to those that are like in my membership and whatnot, because there is work up front, right? You have to write copy, you have to set up the tech and whatnot. So it's not completely passive. But after you get a system in place, a funnel in place, you can get almost passive income this way. And for me, that comes from my email list. And so I just imagine like, if I had started gathering emails sooner, versus focusing on freaking likes on Instagram, how much larger my list would be now. Like, oh, I feel kind of bummed out about it. But whatever, what can you do except grow your list now? But that's definitely something I would have told like day one Joyce, who was starting Write Pretty Things back in 2016, you know, start your email list. And I don't care if you think you don't have something of value to say you do. I don't care if it's just emailing, you know, a coupon code to your Etsy, just so that people understand or people remember you and you're top of mind, like whatever it is, start your email list sooner, get those emails um, and add them into ConvertKit, which was who I was using at the time. And we and have I guess, so many episodes on the topic. So oh, yeah, we'll we definitely do. link it because if you're like, I've heard the list, start the list, but I don't know where to start. Start the list. <laughs> Yo, there is so much content out there about this. So you should get started today if you haven't started yet. So just want totally. to say that. And I just feel like, okay, so also with not putting a, as much, I don't know, emphasis on social media, I think Diana and I both started to get really involved with Instagram 2015 or so. Right? Yes. And it was just yes. a whole different world then. It was very easy to grow your account. Um, it was, honestly, I feel like it felt more 
community oriented. Um, people were, you know, and not that this doesn't happen now, but I, maybe because at that stage, I was looking more for like how to calligraphy things. So I feel like people were really willing to share like their supplies and where they got them. And it just feels a little bit different now with how Instagram has changed, right? And man, I wish that I could have seen that happen, which is, I don't know why I didn't. Obviously, they were going to monetize it and whatnot eventually. But I wish I could have really thought about that because I would have put less emphasis on getting the likes and the followers, like I said, and I would have focused on the email list. The last thing I'll say about the email list and why it's important besides that almost passive income funnel that you can build is it's more intimate. Like you're allowing me in your inbox. I have a lot more space to write or to help you or to just like convey a message that I hope helps you like in an email, right? Versus you're capped at a caption. And right now you have to compete with if you're even being seen and then if people are going to read that caption. So that's just another way, another reason for me to wish that I could go back and tell that Joyce to just freaking gather the emails and start building that reputation or start building that relationship, sorry, not reputation, with the people on your list so that it can grow. And you could also use those two platforms in different ways. Like Instagram could be more for, you know, regular conversations, sharing the behind the scenes of life. You can obviously also do that on email list. But email list, you should kind of really plan for profit and strategize for supporting your business. So that was my first thing that I would do if I could go back into the time machine. Wait, Diana, have you seen Back to the Future? So the reason why I was quiet is because I have not seen the Back Jesus. to the Future. All right, no, so I'm at the time of this recording, oh I'm seeing Diana next week. I'm heading down to SoCal. <laughs> so add that to the list. Like we're going to end the day with Back to the Future and fried chicken. Get ready. Um, okay, but just the FYI, I've only seen Beauty and the Beast in like, like, two years ago so what do you mean like the cartoon beauty and the beast yes like i'm i don't know i just seen the lion king yes that's like that's the first disney movie i've seen yeah okay what about little mermaid i have (gasps) seen that too i have seen that Mm -hmm. oh my god my heart stopped but beauty and the beast i don't know why i didn't watch it until two years ago like as old as time yeah seriously and, you know, she's like the best. She's like the modern day or not the modern day, but she's like a feminist, you know, back then. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, Korean fried chicken and Back to the Future is happening. Um, yeah. So and course Diana creating. And so that Diana can get her 80s on. Like that's happening. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't God, born You're stressing then. me out. I wasn't you're born then. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> These are classics. I hope, I, I swear, I'm going to lose some Instagram followers since I admit it to them. <laughs> this is like, oh no, when I worked in tech, when you work in tech, well, I swear we're going to get to another point from Diana, but when you work in tech, it's mostly like open spaces, open, like your desks are next to each other. There's no walls, right? No cubicles for sure. I've never um, done I that. I remember one, one of my coworkers at like a job like four years ago, I don't know why it was brought up, but he was like, I wasn't even born when... The Lion King came out, and I just remember yelling at him across the office, like, sit your ass down, Tom. No one cares how old you are. <laughs> like, and, like, it doesn't matter. You can say that there's a lot worse things said at tech companies, let me tell you. So it didn't matter that I yelled at him to sit his ass down. That's um, so funny. But I was just like, God, how young are people? Answer, as young as Diana. Um, so, Diana, if you, <laughs> if you could go back and yes. do something differently in your first year of business, what would it be? Yes. Um, So this is where Joyce and I are so different. 
So for me, I'm naturally a dreamer and a doer. So if I have an idea, I just go and execute it. I don't really think through it too much. And I do, and I am so grateful. I do think that's a great trait to have. But I also feel like it's not maybe the most productive way to live your life because I made so many mistakes that made me lose both time and money. And, you know, I don't regret anything for sure. But if I could go back and tell myself what I know now, I would definitely say, like, look at the bigger picture and then plan out small details to go support that bigger picture. Don't just scramble and accept the things that are in front of you. I do think that there's absolute amazingness that comes at saying yes to the things that are in front of you and saying yes before you're fully ready. I think that is amazing. But before that, I do think like knowing your why, Seth Godin, come on, you guys already, you know, heard about this over and over again, like knowing your why, knowing your bigger picture mission. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be super clear, but I think having some sort of a big picture vision is so important. And that's what I would really, even if I didn't know right away, like let's say I already had started my business, I already started to sell things online. Um, I think that's okay. But being mindful of knowing the bigger picture early on and trying to process through and get to that place where I'm like confident in that, I think is really important to, to do in your first year of business. What do you think? I agree. And I think that, well, I call this like your big why. And I think that's really important. Um, And the only thing I want to say about that is it's okay if your big why, because this is what happened to me, like it's okay if your big why doesn't, it seems like it's not a linear path, right, from your business now to what your big why is, but it can be. So what I mean by that is like if my big why is to open a rescue organization, but I'm a creative business owner, like how does that fit? Um, How does that keep driving me, for example? Well, maybe because the you know, the money I earn now could like pay for that later. And that's why I'm working hard now to earn enough money, enough wealth so that I can do that in the future. So I really like what you said about like having that, that mission or that vision and having that kind of drive you. Yeah. And I think that's where quarterly goals and kind of like having a little bit more like organized chunks of time is really important because you might have an idea like, I don't know about you, Joyce, but I'm like a million ideas a day type of person. And I just, I think it's great. It's for creative and all of that stuff, but it could also be a little bit all over the place. Like, I'm not going to lie. I know that about myself and I'm, you know, self-aware of that. Um, But when I have a bigger picture, I can look at my quarterly goals and just my general plans. It doesn't have to be anything tight-knit. And let's be real. I'm not that type of person. Um, but I think it's nice because if you have an idea, you can look at it and be like, okay, where would this fit into my bigger mission and my greater mission? Or does this fit? Or maybe it doesn't make sense right now at all. Like you can kind of be more organized in that too. And I think that's a great thing to have early on in your business. It makes decision making easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not like reacting. You're, what's the other word? Not reacting, but you are, um, being, being intentional. Like, oh. It's it's a it's a it's a sexier R word, but I can't think of it at the moment right now. Yeah. Oh. Sheena, what is the word <laughs> Diana is talking about? It's like a you know it's like a mic drop slogan, but I can't think of it. But y'all, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's okay. Sheena will let us know. <laughs> okay. So if I could go back, another thing that I would do differently is to plan for profit. So I grossed six figures in my first year of being a creative business owner, but obviously gross is not net. And I think that I was just 
at that point in my business, I was just concerned about leaving my day job, concerned about meeting or matching what I was earning at my day job. But I don't think that I took into account like all the possible expenses for operating my business and even all the like life expenses, right? So I used to have healthcare paid for me 100%. Now I got to pay that myself. There's another $500 a month. So I just didn't think about it. And instead I kept reaching for gross numbers in my first year versus actually looking at net and seeing what my profit was. So if I could go back, that's something I would tell myself, like just be aware of your expenses, be aware of what you're actually bringing home, be aware of what you now have to pay for that your day job used to pay for. And that might have meant that I spent a little differently or I invested a little differently or maybe that meant I earned a little bit more, you know, to make up for that. But that's something I would make my past self aware of um, because it wasn't something in the forefront of my mind then. I was just like, hustle, 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 like make this money. You're in your first year of business, your second year of business, you got to do this, you know? I actually had planning for profit also on my list of things to say because Seriously, people do not talk about this enough, I feel like, or think about it in the beginning of their year. I think they definitely think about how they will sell something, but they don't think about profit. And I guess from me, um, from my perspective, I'm such an idea person. And when I think of an idea, like I said, I just go for it. But one book that I really, really recommend reading that talks about not only launching a product, but the pre launch of a product and kind of preparing your I guess you would call it like warming up your sales or something like that. Is that the term? I'm not really sure. But anyways, the book is called Launch by Jeff Walker, Walker, Jeff Walker. And he talks about the importance of launching a product, including pre pre launch, pre launch, and then launch. So you're basically planning for profit, even before you execute execute an idea before you spend all that time and energy to create this product or service, like you're just testing the waters to see if it's really going to be profitable if people are actually going to be interested. If there are real life buyers out there, you're testing the market and then launching a product that is based on the real life studies and people's reaction and feedback. So you're more confident going into the launch. So I think that is also a way that you can plan for profit and definitely do that early on because once you do a successful launch, you have the confidence to create a new product and then like approach that in a way that will plan for profit rather than doing it based on luck or, you know, I hope this thing sells instead of, you know, kind of doing it out of a place of faith, of of blind faith, which isn't bad alone. But, you know, having that launch plan before is going to be so much better going into your business, really, and selling in general. So it's like, um, you're either pre-selling or you're beta testing things is kind of what Jeff Walker's whole thing is about. So we'll link that book in the show notes. I also just really quickly for another book to recommend um, Profit First. So we'll also link that Mm -hmm. in the show notes. That's a good one. Okay, so that was my point. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on, well, we'll see. Well, we'll see how this conversation goes. But the last thing that I wanted to talk about is having a name, like a business name. Um, And I think this was finally a win for me because I didn't do this intentionally, but it worked out. Um, And I created Chasing Linen. It was originally a blog post. Um, If you guys don't know what the name is about, I actually have it in my about page, which we'll link in the show notes as well, explaining the meaning behind it. But it was 
I left it open-ended because I wanted to choose a business where I can experiment and pivot and change it up in case that I wanted to do something different. So I'm really grateful that I didn't put like a limiting word in there. I don't think there's anything wrong if you have the word calligraphy or watercolor or photography or whatever in your business name, if that's something that you want to do. But for me, like I really, that was a good business move for me. So I'm glad that I did that. Um, I agree with you because even though I ended up having to change my business name, but I um, I didn't want to use like the word for me, like because I started as a calligrapher, I, I didn't want to use the word calligraphy or lettering as well. I ended up pigeonholing myself with write in it, with write pretty things, so I had to change later. So this is a win for Diana and she would go back and give her old self a pat on the back for me. <laughs> I would go back and say, I know you like write pretty things, but think about long term. Even though, all right, to be fair, Joyce in 2015 wasn't really thinking about a business. She just wanted an Instagram handle to share her her calligraphy with that wasn't on her personal Instagram. Yeah, um, and that's honestly but, what we did for our podcast too. Like we called it Modern Creative Podcast because we yeah. wanted to cover different types of creatives. Totally. So we came, like, there was an intentionality with that when we we came up with the podcast name, but Diana would go back and tell her old self, yay, and I would go back and tell my old self, think about that, so you don't have to rebrand later. So um, that's Was that hard for you? Actually, I would love to hear. Uh But I really liked write pretty things, but I also didn't, like, it no longer resonated with me because my business had gone way beyond just lettering. Um, And here's the thing too. It's like, I didn't know that. When I first started my business, I thought I was going to do weddings, did two weddings. And it was like, nope, what else are we going to do? And then I pivoted to courses, right? I had a lot of pivots in my business so far. And pivots will never like change. Like even, even though Diana has stayed chasing linen too, like she has had focus shifts in her business, right? Those are pivots. Mm -hmm. So pivots are always going to be there. And so I guess the thing that we would go back and tell our old selves when it came to business names is to keep that in mind. Um, and maybe for me, really think about it a little bit more. I know that you you would um, like you like Chasing Linen, obviously, and you love the name and it makes sense for you and it can grow with you. But I didn't come up with a name that could grow with me. And so I would go back for sure. Mm hmm. I'm curious to know, because I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? If they have a name that they started with that is a very specific niche. um, And then they decide to change like you did, like, when is the right time to change? What are some ways they can can do it if they already committed to a username? Mm. Um, Because I have seen that a lot too, where people start a username, and then they change it. But then I think there are people who do it better than other people, you know what I mean? Like, Sometimes there's a name change, but their content does not change. And then it makes me confused. Like, why did you change your name then? Um, yeah. and I would love to hear kind of from your perspective, since you actually did that name change, how did you do it? Like, what did you do? How did you prep for it? Um, and all of that good stuff. No, good, good question. So for me, and if this is something where like you're finding yourself here and you want to change because what your current name is, your brand brand is, doesn't resonate with you. Um, really, I don't know, give yourself, I think it starts here. Give yourself the space to really explore that, like be sure of it. I am a big fan of when you are starting your business to try all of the things so that you can really know what you want, right? Like I said, I thought I wanted to do wedding calligraphy because I loved it, like it was so pretty, ooh, gold ink, 
But when it came to actually having wedding jobs, I was like, hell no. But you might be different. You might love wedding jobs, right? For me, it was a big hell no. And I pivoted to teaching in person. And really, the bulk of my business was online courses. I wouldn't have known that if I, you know, didn't try out wedding calligraphy first, if I didn't try out having an Etsy shop first. So in the beginning, like try the things, really figure out what you do and do not enjoy. It goes back to our episode two of like, it's your business, you can do what you want. So it's okay if everyone else in your industry is doing something and you don't like it, you don't want to do it. Okay, so go do something different. So after you figure out, you try all the things and you figure out like what it is you want to do. Um, I think that was when I really had to think about does my name, um, my brand, my company, like does it make sense? Because I did keep Write Pretty Things throughout creating courses. I created three courses, four, really courses under that name before going into coaching. And that's when I knew it was going to change because it was so, it wasn't different. It was this natural progression because people in my courses were then starting their own businesses and asking me for advice. So it was really it felt really natural, but I just outgrew the name. So I think it starts with really figuring out like, are you sure like this is not just some random thing you want to try? Like this really resonates with you. This is the direction for for foreseeable future that your business is going to go in and then think about changing your name. If yeah. You and then your name also on Instagram is different than your business name. So share yeah. a little bit about that. Well, I think for me, that just came from like, I mean, I do have the handle still, Write Pretty Things, um, my old handle. I just swapped them. I do have the handle for Modern Creative or Modern Creative Pursuits. Um, but I changed it to my first name because I feel like when I pivoted to business coaching, for me and like my my view or whatever, I felt like I wanted to and I needed to share a little bit more about me and about my business and the successes I've had and the successes of those who I have worked with in a coaching capacity. And so because it became more of this like personal brand versus kind of hiding behind the scenes when I was launching courses, um, I decided to go with my name. Yeah, that makes sense. And that totally makes sense, especially because coaching is so personal. I feel yeah. like anyone who is kind of going that route, whether it's like speaking, coaching, you know, that like educational, you know, I guess self-promotional route. I think that makes perfect sense. Um, and then I also see like fashion bloggers doing that too. Like I've seen people who started off their username as their blog name. That may not be their name, if that makes sense. And then yeah. later on, they make that blog into a business. So they start selling clothes or shoes or handbags or whatever. And then they change their personal one now into their real name if that makes sense no it doesn't I, I love also, watching that stuff I just it's so fascinating <laughs> to me I think it's just a shift in like we're all kind of becoming our own brands if mm -hmm. you will like our own personal brands and so it's kind of like before when think about your first uh email address right it was, <laughs> you know it didn't okay what is your first it. email address Joyce I don't remember but I know it wasn't like my current one Mine was, get all these mine was like XX smile fetish XX. You know what? I, but that's the point. It's like <laughs> before nobody, everyone kind of had this online persona that they hid behind their screen names, yeah. their AIM names, AIM names or whatever. And it was kind of like that with Instagram too. And then now it's like, well, the world has just shifted and we just share, you know, if you're a business, like you kind of share a lot. It's up to you how much you want to share. Like I can share a lot about the dogs, right? But you don't see me talk about like 
my relationship on Instagram, you know, so Mm -hmm. your comfort level is going to change there. You can choose what to share. Yet Mm -hmm. me sharing about the struggles of business and the wins of business and my dogs and my love of great British Bake Off, like that still gives some people an insight into my life and they get to know me more. But I do have a cutoff there. I also think like when I have kids, I'm not going to share that. Mm. You know, but some people do, and that's okay. It's up to you. But I just think there there has been my whole point is there has been the shift of hiding behind names now to your own name, mm-hmm. and then deciding how much you want to share because we are all our own brands. Yeah, I think maybe then our tip for our audience members who maybe didn't have a name. It, obviously, Joyce just shared a lot of really great tips for people who have already locked down that username, started a business, a website, and then now is looking to change out of that. But if you don't have a username or your business name or what have you quite yet, I think instead of approaching it with product or service as a part of the name, maybe do more of like a meaning, like a core value of yours. That's what I did with mine. So I'll just give like a very brief meaning behind Chasing Linen. Um, So linen represents whatever you want it to be. So linen could be a higher living standard of life, wait, or it could wait, be tangent. Yeah, Remember when we were in Iowa, yeah, I was like, I want to be your mascot. But what oh yeah, chasing linen mascot. Be? <laughs> no, we were in <laughs> Idaho, Idaho, not oh, Iowa. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Such a West Iowa Coaster. No, I say well because like because Peyton has family in Iowa. That's why I always say uh, the I state. But yeah, we were in Idaho. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, and then you were like chasing linen, and then we were like, like what? Okay, we want to hear from you, listeners. What yeah. would a mascot of chasing linen be? Would it be <laughs> Joyce wearing a linen sheet, like on roller skates, and I'm asking <laughs> you to chase me? Like, what would that look like? That we is... want to hear. <laughs> oh my so god! I just wanted to remind you, that is Diana, so funny, and Sheena of Idaho. That's <laughs> too good. But anyways, the whole point is that linen could represent whatever you want it to be. It could be like, like I said, like a higher standard of living. It can be success. It can be your dreams. It can be purity. It can be family. It could be joy, peace, whatever you want it to be. And chasing after that and, and being un- unapologetic about going after what you want. So that's what Chasing Linen represents. You can go on my bio and the About Me page to kind of see the origins of that name. But for me, the, you know, there's nothing tied to that. Like I can make that anything I want it to be. If, well, I would never do this. But if I ever wanted to make this a cooking show, I can still have Chasing Linen be that if I really want. Again, this is a bad example. I would never do that. I'm not a good cook. But I'm just saying you could. You could really make it whatever you want it to be and kind of pivot within the username. So maybe for you, listener, if you don't have a name locked down yet, if you don't have a business name, you're thinking about it, maybe try to like write down a bunch of core values, maybe try to look at different languages that, you know, sounds cool within that word or, you know, look up dictionary.com and go look at through the synonyms, like super simple stuff, right? Like it could just be a representation of a core value or something that is important to you. So that would be my tip for names. When we're together again, in your kitchen, because it's mm-hmm. so aesthetically pleasing, we should do like an Instagram live cooking show, chasing linen style. Oh my gosh, but like, what would I cook? I only know the how to ch- make the pizza. Chasing linen. We, well, we can make, I make pizza, I, we do our own pizzas too. So Chasing gluten? <laughs> I'm okay with that. I love gluten. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> chasing gluten. <laughs> that will be saying. my new cooking channel if I ever choose to do that. <laughs> It's just like everything under the chasing brand. Yes, exactly. What do you want to chase? Oh, I can make pastries. Oh, okay, we'll think about it. We'll, okay. We'll talk All right. about it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs>
So like we've established, I need to have Diana watch uh, <laughs> Back to the Future so she understands what I'm talking about when I say jump in the car and go back in the past. But we just wanted to share a few things that we would do differently in case you are in your first year of business. We hope that this helps you. We hope it gives you a push to start something sooner, maybe. Um, and don't, don't do what Joyce and Diana did <laughs> in their first years of business. Remember that we will have all of the links that we have mentioned in the show notes so that you can easily find them. And we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.